and welcome to the Serpent Temple Weekly Review. This is going to be a special kind of bonus laid-back pre-Christmas period when they wheel in the TV into the schoolroom and you're like, we're going to watch Lord of the Rings for an hour episode. Um, we're going to be reviewing sort of three things, one of which is the Voices uh, lyric video new single in aid of Dementia UK, which is called An Audience of Mannequins. Also the recent Lingua Ignota Pennsylvania Furnace single and music video. And... The new Frog Lord release, which is called... The Mystic Toad. The Mystic Toad, released very recently, 2nd of July. So, Floyd, what did you think of the Voices single? Well, first and foremost, like that actually legit happened to me once, the whole thing about wheeling the TV and then watching Lord of the Rings. That happens to me all the time. Well, it, it did. <laughs> like, even now, sense? you'll be at home and one of your old teachers comes in with a TV. So. <laughs> but no, it's, um, yeah, we are a graphics teacher. Shout out to Miss Jenkins. Um, she was a great teacher. It was, job, man, well, fuck. Oh, I'm fucking, I'm going to tell the story. Tell the story. But, um, <sighs> it's such a bad way to open this. She was, <laughs> she was very open sexually. <laughs> As in talking about it. <laughs> and like, when you're in school, like there was some fucking really weird, horny people in my class. And um, Everyone was horny at secondary school. And she totally like, was like able to like, take it and like, and banter with it. And, <laughs> okay. and like, and like make these guys look like the idiots they were for oh, being fantastic. so, for being so fucking, well, Perverted, frankly. Power to Mrs. Jenkins. And there was one time a kid came, I'm not going to name him, but he came with a ruler and just slapped on the table. and was like, Miss, tell me how big your boyfriend's dick is on this oh ruler. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> what the and just, fuck? And that's the sort of shit she had to contend with. Holy so, shit. And she, uh, she stepped up to the challenge and like fucking held her own. But yeah, that was her. What was her response? What I have to know. What did she say? Oh, I, I can't even fucking remember. Oh. But I just remember. It was so long ago, but it was... Uh, that shit was wild, man. No one learned anything about graphics in that class. I mean, it was just, that was the most disruptive class ever. The only thing that was graphic was the sexual descriptions. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. was the first one? Voices. <laughs> voices. Speaking of graphic sexual descriptions, not really in voices so much, but an audience of mannequins. Yeah, do you know what? The beginning of this, and do you know what? I, I apologise to uh, this band, because, I mean, I'm sure they're sick to death of the, the Akekoka comparisons, right? Because, obviously, I know they're their own entity, and they're definitely doing their own thing. They've got their own distinct sound. But it really reminded me of Verdelay when it first started. Yeah, I know exactly you know, what so you mean. Just, like, just, by the way, it took me by surprise with like the chuggy riff at the beginning. And yeah. Because it it's a lot heavier than the uh, than their last album, which I thought was a bit more kind of like post-punky and you know, quite mellow compared to their like the, the real kind of frenzied and unhinged nature of the first couple of albums mm. they did. But um, no, it's a great track. Uh, really liked it. Oh, really looking at the wrong notes. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so as I was saying, I think it's kind of like a good return to form of of the music being back within the the, the death metal and black metal kind of sphere. Um, yeah, and I like I really like the um, sort of like the co the chorus part, which had um had quite a nice, beautiful kind of piano bits accentuating the slower parts of the guitar work that reminded me of like the anthemic elements of shrines that we reviewed a few weeks ago yeah yeah totally yeah, yeah like I, sam really like comes to the fore there i think in a really cool way yeah no totally i could i could definitely see that and um 
there's this great bit where it kind of like quietens down a bit and then like the fucking like an absolutely beast of a chuggy riff yeah. comes back in and i just think you know i just love I'm, I'm just a sucker for that sort of like super heavy chuggy riffs and it's great to hear voices kind of implementing that sort of sort of style again i think it's really cool and i, I really love how voices music lends itself can, to the concept of voices which i've always really loved and all of us here can resonate with as city dwellers to yeah. an extent and i'm um, I think this this whole single being about dementia, um, all the the proceeds going to Dementia UK, is really um, is really poignant. It's like very memory and and place, memory and city, and like in their words, you know, it deals with elements of derealization and depersonal depersonalization. It's so um, so well embodied by like the disconnect of the city of how like it's constantly changing and how that can make you feel like you stand on a street that you grew up in and it's changed. It changes every day. It changes every week. There's yeah. a building here and then there's not a building over there. Yeah. I totally had one of those moments myself literally the other day on the bus because elephant and castle renowned London shithole. Yeah. And I live near there. So I feel like I'm entitled to say that, mm-hmm. but they had like really like big fucking dawn of the dead style. Um, Brutalist. Shopping center. Yeah. Which was just like just a desolate landscape. But um, we used to go to play bowling sometimes. And there was a cafe in there called Jenny's Cafe, which had the best fucking milkshakes oh. ever. And you know me, I'm a bit of a milkshake connoisseur. You like your milk. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, ugh, that reminds me of another story. Should I, should I tell it? <laughs> it's, um, no, no, fuck it. I'll tell, this, I'll tell that one off camera. It's okay. nothing too bad. It's just super, super personal and weird. Fair enough. But, um, <laughs> but I can't wait to tell it. But it's, um, no, yeah, and it's been knocked down, the shopping centre. So, like, and it's just, like, and totally to your point, what you've just said, like, it's London is unforgiven in that regard where, you know, it's like even when my school got knocked down, I'm like, I didn't particularly, I I kind of enjoyed school. I didn't have as rough, much of a rough time as a lot of people did with bullying and stuff. But I did have some elements of, some feelings of nostalgia towards it and it got knocked down and replaced. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way London is. It's just the landscape shifts and it's, there's no remnants of what it was yeah and i think that's so comparable to the human mind as like as we get older we we start to forget and that's so terrifying and i've thankfully i mean i've had to deal with um family members whose memories and minds have gone but nothing not not like actual dementia yeah um and even you know even that is so painful sometimes so I think they, they really beautifully embody like the despair, desolation and pain of the city and then also the the slipping of the mind. And then they do it through this comparison of the mannequins of like the retail horror of London where everything <laughs> yeah. is on display yeah. and yeah. constantly shifting and changing and, you know, you can... Yeah, I don't... I, it's really interesting. I, I want to listen to this a few more times and I watched the the lyric video, which is really good. I'm normally like not a lyric video kind of person. Yeah. Um but I think they did it really well. And I think this is definitely like the fact that there's an, an additional element to this. Like they, they released a statement and they said, um, hang on, let me let me read it. Um, so they say an audience of mannequins deals in elements of derealization and depersonalization, unsure of what or who is real or what could be a dream or reality. Hostile confrontations is a reflection of how past memories haunt us and how they how they bring depression with them. However, we navigate these in an ongoing... However, we navigate these is an ongoing battle. I think I might have fucked up there. One of which we sometimes win, but often lose. A comfortable distance is simply someone saying goodbye. 
that's really um I think that's really poignant. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's yeah, totally. It's I've always had this kind of belief that people that suffer from well, I've noticed anyway that people that I've known in the immediate family and the extended family that that have had similar diseases that um it seems to be not completely brought on, but not helped by the fact that so many people of that older generation suppress so much and try and forget parts of their lives that happened. And I feel like the sheer mental effort it takes to do that Can m- cause must have an accumulative effect on the biology of the brain. That's, Some- that's literally true. I was reading about this um, a few weeks ago and there was like, a, I can't remember how recent there was a scientific review and they said that. They said that people who don't acknowledge their emotions and who try and suppress things, they're more likely to get dementia. Yeah, see, see I've never done any research on it, but yeah, it's quite quite interesting to hear that there has been some research to, to somewhat confirm that because that's always what I've noticed. It's people, whether it be people, for, how many people do you know, say from uh, our grandparents' generation, people that served in the war and, yeah. you know, how many of them develop PTSD or they have Alzheimer's later in life because they want to forget all the horrific shit. So, but it's... Memory loss is also a natural um, symptom of depression and trauma. And it's something I've experienced too. Yeah. Um, and, like, memory and place are very deeply linked. Like, I didn't go to South London for over 10 years yeah. because I have, like, horrendous memories associated with that part of London. And literally the architecture of it will make me really depressed. Yeah. because of those memories and like I was born I mean I was born in Peckham and I loved I loved it there and then you know things changed like people the people in my life made it no longer a nice place to be um but yeah like this is this like I guess it's psychogeography this element of it is really interesting and fascinatingly enough there's also a biological element to dementia which is like um mycological so they found that there there may be funguses that actually contribute to dementia oh no way it's actually also um you can catch it if someone if you have surgery on someone with dementia they use the scalpel to for example cut brain tissue and then they use that on another patient a patient who's had no no psychological symptoms they will get dementia jesus Really? They knew that a while back, but they're, yeah. they're starting to believe there might be like a fungus or something that that contributes to it. But they don't really know enough yet. God damn, that's quite a it's terrifying, quite, quite a revelation. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. I don't think you can catch it. Someone like sneezes on you. Yeah, but it's like it's interesting. Well, I don't plan on becoming a brain surgeon, so um, at least I know that I'm quite safe in the knowledge. I won't be catching it from someone. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but I tell you what, it's um, I tell you who else done a really good um, track. <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. About um, <laughs> sorry, that was really a, that was a really aggressive. Excuse me, wasn't it? Excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. But um, uh, the band Spirit Box. Yeah. Then a track, then a track called uh, Constance, which is I think named after I think it was her. The, the the singer Courtney has her grandmother was called Constance, or it might be I loosely remember the, the story, but it was um, but yeah, it's about that as well. And the music video is really good because it's kind of it does a good job of portraying kind of in uh, a visual representation of what it can feel like for some people with Alzheimer's or dementias to just suddenly not recognize faces anymore. And that's like even the whole voice system with an audience with mannequins. Like I imagine that's probably what. It people you forget like... turn into, right? Suddenly you've just seen these mannequins, these people that you have these deep personal and emotional and familial connections with and suddenly they're just... They're just there visiting you and you're like, who are these people? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. that's so... 
that is a really painful thing and I've heard people describe as living with family members who had dementia it's like you have to grieve that person's death when they're still alive because they don't know who you are and you don't know like they they change as well yeah apparently one of the symptoms when it, uh, like early early on is that people tend to become more crude their, their humor tends to apparently become more like um dirty and dark yeah I don't know how true that is but yeah. I, that's so strange to me yeah that's that's strange also, I think what else is quite interesting is how I've, I've seen a couple of things. I mean, the validity of it, I'm not sure about, where, like, it's often music that can bring people back. Oh, Sometimes wow. Sometimes they'll listen to an old song from their past, and that'll be what can temporarily bring them back or bring back some memories that they previously not had access to. So in, like, 50 years' time, when we're in old people's homes, for perhaps for Freud, we can play Pig Destroyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like Shem would be Gorguts I don't know what I'd be uh, yeah. just throw me anything just play uh, fucking um, what's that what's that what's that really um, cheesy the... system of a dance song called <laughs> all I'll, of I'll them steal this album. yeah yeah it's, it's all of them or just play me the dirtiest Akakoka song what's the pizza pie one again Pizza pie, pizza pie, pizza pie, terracotta pizza pie. Yeah, it's like one of my least favourite I can't remember what it's songs. called I love all the system songs they're all beautiful to me they're like children I couldn't <laughs> pick one Shame they're not playing Hellfest, but hey, every other band is playing oh, Hellfest. Oh man, so. that's like the most brutal cancellations. No, they cancelled. They were. They, they cancelled. They do still have one or two more bands to add to the lineup. So I mean, hopefully, System of a Down won't have like fallen out with each other again by then, and maybe they'll come back. I need to see them live like so badly. I yeah, it's yeah. Um, they're, apparently they're hit or miss. I've, I've heard, heard they're not good live. I think they're a bit like Electric Wizard. Um, but to, think, to be honest, like I've seen Wizard like six or seven times and I've liked them every time. So it's hopefully going to be the same with System of a Down. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, I think probably because, I mean, they, there's, still, there's still a lot of tension in the band, right? I know the drummer has a bit of heat with... I mean, he's a other, Trump guy. Yeah. Don Mayan's a Trump guy. And then uh, Malakian is like crazy. And then yeah. Serge is like, can you not? Yeah. I think. A lot of the time. I think Serge is like the most serious one. And I think he doesn't have a good time writing with Malakian. Yeah. Which I couldn't... Like, Malakian comes across as like a very excitable Jack Russell. Yeah. Um, but in like potentially... I don't know how that would come across in a writing room. Who knows? That's well, the interesting thing was, I listened to Hypnotized Mesmerized for the first time, like not too long ago. I'd never listened to the albums all the way through. That's so good. And like, it's, it's interesting because he does a lot more vocals yeah on that album and he's got that, crazy screechy insane yeah. vocals yeah and i think that might have created a bit of tension between because obviously surges because i mean the previous three albums is primarily surge right yeah um but um but yeah fuck i don't know i actually prefer surge's vocals on system of a down but i prefer like i actually don't like his solo stuff as much vocally yeah. He tends to do like all the instrumentation himself, which is really cool. He's so talented. Like for yeah. the first solo album he did, he he recorded the drums, the bass, the guitar, the vocals. He did all of it himself, like yeah. at home. Um, but like I preferred like Scars on Broadway, Malakian solo project way more. Yeah, never listened to them either. I have to jump onto them at some point. I don't but... know if I'd like them now, but yeah. I really love them. I saw them live and I saw Search live. Yeah. And I think one of the first metal gigs I ever went to was like Search Tanky. Oh, that's cool. I don't know if it's cool, but I loved it. It was great. Yeah. It was at the Astoria. Yeah. Oh, God, the Astoria. Rest in peace. What a venue. Yeah. I love the Astoria. My mum came with me. Oh, did she? Yeah, yeah she was... did. Did you like it? No. <laughs> she hated it. She like, came... like when she was telling you to turn down both through the other <laughs> day. <of> the <laughs> so I was like, I just could turn that down a little bit. <laughs> 
<laughs> she came with me to see Scars on Broadway at the Underworld. And she was oh, like, the Underworld. she oh, was God. standing in the corner of the Underworld while Scars on Broadway were playing. And she was like, he's shouting very loudly. <laughs> and then she came to see um, Nine Inch Nails with Jane, Jane's Addiction when I was 16. That was the last gig she came with me. Cool. And she left during Jane's Addiction because they had loads of strippers everywhere. And it's not really oh, okay. her, not yeah, her yeah. thing. Yeah. That's fair enough. Anyway, uh, voices. Um, <laughs> Sorry, voices. <laughs> nah, but it's a great single. I think this is quite a good um, sign of things to come because I've, I've I've enjoyed all their um, their releases, including this single. And uh, yeah, it's a good cause as well. And I think yeah. you know, it's I'm, I'm always um, I'm always uh, what's what I'm looking for. I always think it's cool when artists support charities, you know, and you know are, are passionate about causes that may be close to their hearts, you know. Yeah. Like even like with Frog Lord with the Save the Frogs charity. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's so humanising. Yeah. You can kind of feel the vulnerability of the artist when they do something like that. And I really appreciate that. And I love that people use art to like better the world around them. That's really nice. Yeah. Very well put. Thank you. Should we move on to the next single? Uh, yes, let's look at Lingua Ignota's Pennsylvania Furnace. What did you think of this? Yeah, so um, so this is, I believe, a single taken from an, an impending album called Sinner Get Ready. Mm. And um, yeah, I think this is... Because uh, what I really like about Lingua Ignota is she um, can is very good at, at writing, you know, straddling that line between creating beautiful music and extremely haunting and scary music and I feel like and sometimes that line is blurred and it feels like she's always on the verge of yeah just completely losing it yeah totally and and this track is I feel like it for, for the most part it's, it's it's very beautiful beautifully written and I love the, the the music and the orchestration it's quite minimalist up until towards the end where it's that kind of climaxes a bit and more bass and distortion and instrumentation comes in but um she's I, I my thing I love about Lingua note the most is just the ability to um, kind of capture the, the duality of emotions so well, you know, because like there's you know the emotions aren't one dimensional, you know, there's there's beautiful and there's light and shade in every single emotion, and I feel like she does a really good job of capturing that, yeah, in the music and for her voice as well. A hundred percent, I totally agree. She is like a master of the voice of like the colors of emotion and how she expresses incredibly complex ideas and and feelings uh, feelings really she just she has this way of i mean she her basis was like she was taught a lot of um like church music growing up yeah and you can really feel that um element in her music of like of um the sacred and profane i guess i feel like she's taken that that like religious knowledge of like how music builds up and crescendos and how you express like love but then she's taken that and she's shown the flip side of like the fucked up elements of of abuse of power yeah. which is definitely a, a, you know present in that kind of setting but also it's a holy setting and she she kind of takes that to like the the relationship of like something that should be holy i guess i mean depending on who you are but something yeah. that, that should be revered in, in a way is a sacred space depending on how you conduct yourself in a relationship hopefully you consider it a sacred space and then showing how that's been abused and not necessarily always in a physical way, of course, but like you can totally feel the like how it's all been disassembled 
even if you don't see how, but you can feel it. You can feel yeah. her about to like launch into, even if she doesn't launch into it, which she doesn't in this song, which I find really interesting. She doesn't do the the thing where she just completely goes off with her yeah. voice and she starts screaming and yeah. and like going really elaborately into her higher register. It's like a very hymn-like kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I caught that as well, to have that sort of quality to it. Um, and just, uh, it's just, like you said, it's just kind of so colorful. Like when you listen to the music, it, it it's so, so good at conjuring up a, a kind of like a visual idea of what the song is in your mind, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. And the video is so beautiful as well. See, I didn't know there was a video for it, so I didn't check out the video. Oh, it's but... okay. I mean, it's, it's gorgeous. It's like American countryside. <laughs> <laughs> Just Shem doing some mad fidget spinner tricks in the corner of the room. I just look over and Shem's like... And then he thought that I thought that he was like signaling something to me. He was like, Nina, do this. Uh, And he was like, no, 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 no. It's like I caught him in the shower or something. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very cool fidget spinner, love. Thank you for showing it to me. It's green and it's got like um, these gems in it that are like acid. It looks like a some kind of like brutal death metal album cover color scheme is great. But anyway, um, Lingua Ignota, the video is beautiful. It's like kind of um, American Gothic style countryside shots and her and this beautiful couture style, not like high fashion couture, like alternative couture, like Nuit Atelier, Atelier clothing for those who care. Um, not sure if that's what she's wearing, but it's like very Church of Sanctus atelier clothing style like really cool sharp corners beautifully cut like you can tell it's been properly made it's not like some um other brand that i won't name um but yeah it's beautiful and there's like this pink smoke billowing around her so you've got this like american gothic setting like country you can just totally feel there's like a church around the corner and then she's there in this dress looking at you being cursed and hater with her like intense stare and her beautiful voice and the smoke Billowing around her, I don't know if it's like the the smoke of femininity, the ungraspable um, strangeness of the female form that most people find terrifying and yeah. and intimidating, ironically. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the video, I guess. The color grading is beautiful. Yeah. It's like really faded and it's got these like, the colors are like lots of cold grays and greens and stuff, which is like um, not how you'd normally represent the countryside in that way, I suppose, in yeah. like a music video. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. I'll definitely check it out. It's- cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And the lyrics are very um, cryptic. Me and the dog, we die together. With the Lord, I cast off all my earthly bonds. There is victory in Jesus. That's the first the first few lines. So that's kind of really weird. I like that. I, I I wonder if what that's about, if, if she's just like doing the, the Nurgle thing of dog equals God or whatever it is, yeah. or if she's just like talking about how a lot of abusive guys will often go for the dog to like um, like control women or control their partner. Oh, is that a thing? That's a thing. Yeah, Jesus. they'll hurt animals. Uh, it's like very yeah. common. Christ. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if that was a thing, if that was what she was thinking about. Because she, she says, you know, do you want to be in hell with me? I know you want to stop, but you can't stop. I've watched you alone. I've watched you... In the home where you live with your family and all that I've learned is everything burns. It's really beautiful um, and sad and a, a very Amun Ra-like, kind yeah. of like, you know, alone in love kind of deal. Yeah. Did you know, and I think the thing is, like, it's it's obvious that old music composed is 
very individual individualistic like it's 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 about her and her experiences and there's no effort made to try and necessarily portray it or smooth it over in a way to make it palatable for mm. anyone else yeah definitely. it's like this is shit i've went through and this is things that i deal with and this is what i want to release and you fucking take it or leave it frankly you know, and I think that's really super admirable and something that I've always loved about the music, you know, because I think to some, especially to a lot of um, men, for example, I think they have a, a lot of, they struggle a lot, especially with the Caligula album. Oh, I yeah. almost fucked up the word again, didn't I? <laughs> I just cannot, like now, just cannot say that word on camera, Caligula. But um, like that is, I feel like there's, there's, whereas I think a lot of people who've had similar experiences will it will resonate with them. But for those that haven't, I think it's almost impenetrable yeah. for a lot of people because they're just like, oh, this is way too real for me. And, and you know, and in a way, that's why I feel like music needs to be more like, you know, because I think, um, yeah, I just had enough of safe music. I think music is about conveying ideas. Um, I think, I can't remember who, it was probably De Botton who said that he described art as advertising for the most important ideas in the world. And I feel like music is is a way of of presenting experiences and ideas and emotions and scenarios. And, you know, I mean, a lot of mine is about high fantasy and a lot of mine is, like, very veiled. But Lingua Ignota is doing, you know, everything is, is important, apart from if you're talking about fucking babies. That's just pathetic. But, like, yeah. um, you know, this this is, I think, really terrifying for a lot of men, the ideas of, of her music, because I feel like a lot of men are terrified of being accused of being abusive. Yeah. They're like, ter- I, I don't know, I don't want to speak for men, but this is something I definitely, I, I, I can, I can, I read that in discomfort when yeah. I, when I see people react to her music is, you know, it's a very uncomfortable thing for a lot of people to deal with is, is the capacity of humans to commit violence and how often that violence is committed against people weaker than, yeah. than themselves. Yeah, no, but very, very well put. And I think, you know, you just you just see it in a, in a, in a larger scale as well with just how people will ignore what happens in other parts of the country, yeah. whether it be the Middle East and stuff. It's, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Like, you know, if it doesn't directly affect you, it's just far easier to, to not even try and understand or educate yourself about what something is about or, or could be going on. Because, you know, if, if, if you don't think it's going to directly affect your life, then then they're not going to bother to right. educate themselves. Exactly. And there's like, um, there's this, there's a, a animal behavior trait that humans exhibit. Um, Robert Sapolsky goes into this in like his awesome research on monkeys where um, in a lot of monkey troops, if for example, a higher up male wails on like, you know, he gets annoyed and he hits on, he hits like, uh, he doesn't hit on, he hits another male in the troop that's yeah. like below him. The, that like, beta male will take that out on another male that's lower than him and it will go down the chain yeah, of really. like of like the hierarchy in the group Shit, until it gets yeah. to the lowest guy in the group. Yeah. And they're just like, oh fuck, I'm I'm on the receiving end of the punches again. So it's just like this is trickle down violence that I think women are usually on the receiving end of the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And it's was that was that the same person that done the um because I remember you t- telling me once about um where they removed all the aggressive male monkeys. That's the same troop. Yeah. Yeah, and then all the monkeys were like, oh, we're cool now. <laughs> no no monkey diseases, yeah. no monkey fights. Uh, even the males started like exhibiting typically female behavior of like grooming each other, which is something males would be too aggressive to do. Yeah. So like, you know, genetic, well, hereditarily, the monkeys started to be way more chill. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. 
Yeah, I don't know if you saw that statistic um, recently because the Euros are happening in um, the Europe right now, where after a football match in this country, um, if England win, domestic violence goes up 29%, and if they lose, it goes up 36 or 38%. I mean, like, uh, I mean, foot, the football hooligans in England have just been embarrassing the nation for the longest time. I mean, there's a reason why we're hated in Europe. I mean, did you hear what happened in the last match? What happened? Some fan was, while a penalty was being taken, a fan was trying to, uh, shone, shone a laser in Kasper Schmeichel's eyes, the Danish goalkeeper's eyes. And it was just like, do you know what I mean? Just, just Why would stupid. you celebrate winning something if you've cheated? Like, why would you feel good about that? But it's just, it's just, it's a weird, it's, it's always something that's so alien to me because I've never been a football fan. Like you were saying, I enjoy playing it. But, um, but it's, um, yeah, that fact doesn't surprise me at all. Like, you know, it's, yeah. They seem like the sort of fragile men that would. I mean, I know plenty of football fans who are lovely people and who aren't hooligans. And I think those hooligans give them a bad name. Yeah. And yeah. it's definitely something that needs to be addressed. There's still so much racism in football. Yeah. I mean, like there are two, not, I think there are three non-immigrants on the England team. Yeah. And that's it. And like, yet still, like I've, I, so I used to have to get the train through Arsenal to get home after work. Um, and pretty much every time there'd be a football game, um, I'd just get racial abuse on the train. Like yeah. the last time people called me, I don't know if I should say it on YouTube, but they called me the P word. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what the P word is, Google Pakistan and guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they were just yelling it at me for like yeah. 20 minutes on the train. That's or... fucking just... It's not great. No. It's not great. Um, and like I would probably enjoy football a lot more if people weren't like that. I used to be on the football team. I went to the national finals yeah. when I was in secondary school because I loved playing football. I was like a sick, super aggressive defender. Yeah, um, nice. I guess. But yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, it could be a lot better. It could be a lot better. It's nice that people are enjoying themselves, but it could could probably do a bit better, really. Maybe don't hit people. Afterwards. See all the rubbish left behind in Leicester Square afterwards as well. There was a lot of rubbish, was there? Fuck, there was a lot of rubbish. Jeez, you could barely see the floor for the amount of discarded fucking... There was so much rubbish. And broken windows as well. So what happened was they were chucking it up at random windows and breaking it with, like, empty cans and shit. Wow. Yeah, just wow. just shit like that. But like you said, you know, it's obviously... We, we all know it's not all football fans, much in the same way that it's not all men. It's not all men. But <laughs> it's, Hashtag, um, yeah. But it's enough. It's enough for it yeah. to be a problem. And like you know, if you like football, maybe consider addressing that if you want more people to enjoy it. Perhaps yeah. at the end of the day, if it's a, if it's enough that that English football fans have a reputation across the world for being pricks, then yeah, there's enough people acting like it. I mean, I feel like if it was any other sport, it would be way bigger a deal. Yeah. If like I don't know, uh, Formula One fans were like going around breaking windows every time lewis hamilton like won a, a race uh, i feel like we just ban it or something i don't know yeah but who knows it's not my world it's Never not my been. world um i'm yeah i mean i don't want to piss anyone off that i care about anyway um but like yeah it just fucking sucks this is how this is how it is from us from the outside looking in so yeah go go project football not be shit times um <laughs> Do you remember Go-Go Gadget, that guy? What was Inspector he called? Gadget. Inspector Gadget. He was great. Yeah. He had like a toothpaste one. Yeah, that was a great theme song as well. How did it go? Inspector Gadget. That was so good. 
That was like the same era of the, what was the pink panther guy? I love, I used to watch the intro thinking it was a cartoon, not realizing it was actually, I was like, oh, why is this like normal TV (laughs) thing come on after us? I just watched the intro. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the pale inspector Clouseau, yeah. So good. Oh, I used to play it on the saxophone. Yeah, it was like my favorite thing to play. I really, I really loved Wacky Races. I love How, the Hannah Barbera. So, do you remember um, Catch the Pigeon with Dick Dastardly and Muttley? I love Muttley. So, is Muttley and Dust in the races thing? Yeah. So, so Catch the Pigeon was the offshoot. So, Wacky Races was the one where they had a lot of the Hannah Barbera characters racing against. They were doing, doing races. I used and... to watch the racing because they'd be in the sky, right? Would That's Catch the... the Pigeon. So, Catch oh, the shit. Pigeon. The premise of that was they had to make these wacky planks to try and catch this one. Pigeon. <laughs> Why? I don't know. They just really hated this one pigeon for some reason. Wow. My mum hates a pigeon right now. It's great. She's got like a vendetta <laughs> against a single pigeon. <laughs> was, this is probably so That's boring amazing. for people, but it's like <laughs> genuinely very funny. Oh, <laughs> they have to catch a pigeon. <laughs> Captain Caveman. Captain Caveman, yeah. Um, obviously, um, Flintstones, Jetsons. Oh, are they in it? Was it like a crossover event? Oh, you're talking about in Wacky Races. Oh, yeah. no, sorry. Wacky Races. Well, you had Penelope Pit Stop, wasn't it? I don't remember any names, the, um, I was too young. You had the Ant Hill mob. Ant Hill mob, yes! Um, but, <laughs> what, what is going on? But basically, I never understood um, like um, satire or, or sarcasm as a child. And the show used to always piss me off because the, the joke of the show was that Dick Dastardly and Muttley would get so far ahead of the race to set a trap to stop everybody else from... But the joke was, obviously, his car was so fast that he could get so half halfway through the track before anybody else could get there. And as a child, I didn't understand it. So I was like, why is this motherfucker not just winning the race? Why does he keep setting traps? And, and my dad was just like, no, well, that's the joke. Oh. Like, it's fucking stupid. But, that, that would stress me out a lot. Yeah. Like, a hell of a lot. I w- I'm like an anxious traveler. I want to be there early. Yeah. I want to win the race as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, how do we get there from Lingui? No <laughs> fucking idea. <laughs> Man, we could do we could do some serious um, traveling. What is this? Someone's just sent me. A, Shem sent me a photo. The anthill mob. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, just like these small men all cramped into one. They they all look like um. What was what was that guy? And one more thing. <laughs> what well, the the inspector? The American. Montano? No, inspector inspector Morse. What was his name? Inspector David Jason. No, inspector Morse was um. I forgot his name. What's his fucking name? He he he'd like solve crimes and then he'd he'd like pretend he hadn't sold it and he'd turn around he'd to leave and then he'd be wearing this like Mac thing and he'd turn around and be like and one more thing and he'd say like a fact and the person would be like oh no he knows I'm the villain it was like adult Scooby Doo. Like uh, uh, I watched Murder She Wrote with Angela Lansbury who by the way is still fucking alive she's like ninety seven or something or ninety eight. Damn. But um. I never watched that. But um. <laughs> But what's that? And then there was, you had Poirot as well, right? Poirot. 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 That, oh, that's tried to say it. Fucking. I like his silly moustache, but I never watched it. No. Wasn't there like another one that was like Sage and something, Sage and Coriander? There were like two women. And they Cagney had, and Lacey. Was that them? They had like oh, herb names and they, they would like solve oh. crimes. I never watched it, but I was like, that's really strange that they have herb names. That was like the whole. No, I, that, no that's. There must have been so many. I know. Oh, people, not any bells. people love uh, doing TV shows about killing and wondering who killed the person. Um, should we move on to Frog Lord? Yeah, let's do it. Frog Lord. 
so Frog Lord is a podcast favourite. This is the second time we're reviewing a Frog Lord release, which is uh, pretty momentous for us because we rarely do this. But Frog Lord is such a wholesome and lovely entity of whom the mystery always will compel us. We love the mystery. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the UK's stoner answer to um, ghost Mortis. <laughs> Mortis. Remember Mortis with a silly nose. Yeah. I it's, remember, um, sorry, go ahead. I can't remember what I was going to say. He had some shocking album covers. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I love the memes with Mortis. Yeah. I remember I was on a Facebook group and someone was talking about how they saw him live and his nose fell off <laughs> in the first song. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I just so tragic. Find that's so funny. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, he's got this funny long little orc nose. It's very funny. He used to be an emperor as well. Did he? Yeah. I wonder how they feel about that. Oh, I mean. Well, you, oh, wait, he's in the reunion, isn't he? He's in one of the. He's in some no, reunion. That's well, a different one. Well, Mortis. He performed with them recently. Yeah. Did he? That was the one where they got. Was it Faust? And well, I saw like, in 2014 where they had Faust on drums again after he got it, out of prison for murder. They're doing it again, aren't they? I think they've got um, oh, Trim on drums now, who's a drummer for the Faust. second album Anthems. I don't know. I know they're still touring. I saw okay. them. I saw them live in 2014 at Bloodstock when they headlined, and then once again in 2018 when they were playing uh, Anthems in full. Um, I can't remember who was drumming, though. And they're playing Incineration. They're headlining Incineration next year. I think maybe they're, they're doing some kind of special anniversary set, and I think they're getting Faust in for it. Because I remember listening to Hellbent for Metal, which is a great podcast, by the way. Um, and oh, is that Tom Dare's? Tom Dare, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the LGBTQ plus um, like take on take on music um, like podcast. Let's let's just say that it's really good, and they talk about like you know Faust and how it's like very bad. Oh, I mean, it was super controversial at the time, right? Because it con- was like it should be, you know. Like I don't, I personally, I think so anyway. I think it's just shit to to bring like a literal murderer. Who... Well, well, you know who called it out, right? Who? Uh, Jeff, Jeff from Carcass. Oh, bless Jeff. Because they were playing like the time before, and they were like, you know, that it's not lost lost on us that the, yeah. there's a Sophie stage here, which is about stamping out intolerance and. And he made some allusion to the fact that you know, the um, Emperor were playing with Faust. But, um, Carcass Rock. Which I think, I think Jeff's tight with Ishan as well. So, I mean, but, that's interesting. But, I like that he would say that, uh, like knowing that, because in the industry that's very rare. Yeah. Anyway, Frog Lord. Yeah, so what did you think of this album? It's great. Frog Lord's great. I mean, I love that they're just continuing in such a short space of time to expand the the mythos of the frog lord firstly yeah and secondly the quality of the sound it's like the there's loads of variation between the songs um i love the vocals i particularly quite love the vocals yeah yeah i feel like the vocals are different um in some way i think there's like a bit more distortion they're like so dirty it yeah. reminds me of like a bit of a goat snake a little bit of goblin cock which i said last time <laughs> we're a great band despite the name um actually no in the name makes them good as well. And then Dax Riggs. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dax Riggs. Oh, Dax Riggs from um, Acid Buff, yeah. But his, his side project stuff, well, his other project stuff with like Agents of Oblivion and stuff, yeah. who I will 100% hopefully bring on the podcast at some point if you're up for it. Because um, yeah. his vo- his vocals are beautiful. But are kind of these, these vocals remind me of like the heavier Dax Riggs style, for sure. Yeah, it's um, yeah. I also had some notes about the vocals. It, to me, one I love how it actually sounds like a fucking frog at times. Yeah, like it's, it's really croaky and like there's some dual layering going on, and it sounds super cool. Reminds me a bit of um, um, Attila from Mayhem because he also has a bit of a croaky thing going on, and um, also um, some of the cleans actually remind me a bit of um, a band I've talked about a few times, um, Tim Williams from Vision of Disorder. Okay, so they're kind of like one of the early 
proto metalcore bands and their first album he had like some really quite kind of grungy-ish cleans but without sounding too derivative of that seattle sound um it just sounds really cool there's some great vocal variation in the album and vocal lines and it's cool uh, i think this is a, a concept album of sorts about an an alien frog invasion it's a concept i think yeah. the frog defends the world from the aliens but i did read the lyrics very quickly because uh, the uh, so there's one called first contact and part of the lyrics are i am the frog defend my home from invade invaders above i am the beast the one you must fear one the one they all speak of so yeah. I feel like maybe he's the... I mean, this world would be a much better place if I had a, a, a grand toad defender. It's, you know, it's really similar to Dune because at the end he's like the, the frog lord and he's like the king of the world. And like he's like, um, oh, take it or leave it. I'm the fucking king of the world. I'm the frog <laughs> lord. And like if you want to fuck with me, you better line up. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> nice. I'll leave when I want to. And when I do, you're all fucked. That's yeah. like the gist of the... I really like that. That yeah. like whole idea of um sort of a big old worm guy. It's like a frog. He's like, fuck you if you don't like it. You can yeah. just whatever. Well, Star Wars tried to do that a bit with Jabba the Hutt, right? Well, what the fuck was he meant to be? I've not seen the films. Like a gangster person. Oh, didn't have to like what they have to get stuff from him. Was I, I'm not a Star Wars fan. Well, he made like Crime he made he made, he made, <laughs> he made Princess Leia a slave, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's like the Sarlacc pit and and like yeah, some a nice objectification, classic. But one thing I'll say about this album, which is really cool and I think really well done, is I love the way each track has its own distinct flavor yeah. and style. There's actually a lot, like the first track, to me, those definitely shades of good old Lecky Wiz. That's Electric Wizard. I really yeah. love that. I yeah. got that too. And, you know, there's one track um, which just really reminded me of... Um, I've got it written down here. Yeah, Green Inferno, which totally just was sounds like Celtic Frost to me. Like it's a, a really good song. Really like lysergic, like really stonerish Celtic Frost. And it was just there's so many great elements and and loopholes as well. And then and loopholes are just um things that throw you for a loop. Like the next track, the Mystic Toad starts with like a really bluesy like yeah. bass line. It's, it's, it's a total change up from the the previous track. And um yeah, just so much variation in the album and so many cool things going on and some some damn good riffs as well. Like it's super groovy and catchy and just easy to kind of like bob along to. It's like I I think it like really lends itself to the conceptual aspect of the album of like um, each song is like kind of a part of the story and it's like it's chronological, I think, as well. Yeah. So I feel like um, I feel like that's kind of a, a curated effort perhaps to an extent or i don't know if it just happened organically but i really love that i like that each one is different and it, it made listening to it like because sometimes i get a bit um i start to tune out with albums that are like really similar yeah. each song is really similar but this was great it was like piquing my interest every every new song and yeah i think you've kind of hit the nail on the head for me for a lot and this is why i've always kind of struggled in the past to get into something i, mean, I don't even really like the stoner label as a, as a genre but stoner slash doom slash sludge whatever you want to call it Whereas it can be super, super repetitive to me. And I'm not a big fan of traditional kind of doomy vocals. Mm -hmm. Like I find a lot of it could be quite lackadaisical and just a, a bit, bit lazy sometimes. Lazy, exactly. Yeah. Like lazy was exactly what I was thinking. And, you know, that's why this album also, you know, I think impresses me because it's it's taken, he's obviously put some thought into the... Um, the different vocal styles utilized on the album and how the vocal lines are implemented and stuff. And it's just, I think more Stoner and Doom should have some harsh vocals. Like I'm not, not, not all the time, obviously. That's why I like the band. Um, <laughs> so I like the band. And I've said uh, now that I'm, 
Pressurized. I can't remember the fucking band. Um, I saw them in Chemists. Chemists are great. I love Chemists. Chemists I are... like the artwork as well a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. They've got yeah. some great artwork. But they, they also implement some harsh vocals. And I think it's just a, a different dimension because uh, I find a lot of Stone and Doom vocals to be quite one-dimensional and monotone and just, you know, they're just... And that's rich coming from someone that listens exclusively to death metal for years, which is just <laughs> one-tone growling on, like, 99% of the album. But... But yeah, no, and it's just super cool and something a bit different. And I think it, like as you said, it lends really well to the concept and just the whole the whole mythos surrounding the project. Which I think uh, the uh, Frog Lord himself, the Man of the Hour, was saying that um, this was never meant to be as big a project as as it has become. But it's due to just the uh, just the success and the attention that is received, mm-hmm. rightfully so. You know, it just shows as well that you can blend humor and music in a way that doesn't compromise the integrity of the music as well i like that there's not so much writing on it as yeah. well like i love like lingua ignota i love the voices single but this is also like a good antidote when at the end of the day you need to kind of chill after like exploring the dark shadowy side of human existence and and confronting existential terror yeah like by sticking your head into its mouth and then you can kind of you know retreat into the warm embrace of frog lord and, yeah. and kind of you know put the anxiety to bed for a bit um, I really like that. I, I love that, you know, Save the Frogs, the, the proceeds were given to yeah. Save the Frogs charity. I love that. That was just so good. It's yeah. so so great. I, I love that bands do this. And it's funny, we have such an appetite for frog music in this country. <laughs> We've got yeah. Goblin Smoker, who are amazing, and they're doing yeah. so well as well. Um, and I've, I've forgotten, there's literally more. There's more frog bands. Maybe we should just do like a frog bonanza episode. That'd be great. And I keep, <laughs> I'll bring in the, I actually chucked out a lot of plush frogs that I had the other day. Oh. A lot of them just completely fucking dilapidated. But I've still kept some. I'll bring them in one day. The pictures you sent me were so cute. Oh, yeah, I sent you the pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah some yeah. really cute ones. Yeah, so, yeah, some of them are ancient as well. So old. Ancient but, um, Frog. That could be yeah. a new band name. Yeah, Spectral Frog. Spectral Frog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's... Um, but yeah, I don't know what it is with my affinity with frogs. I've always thought they're just super fucking adorable and, and cute. They got big eyes. If you lick them, some of them make you high or kill you. Well, oh, that's uh, that's, that's in the album. Yeah. So that was yeah. It was talking about how there was a, 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 an excerpt or a, an audio um, clip of someone talking about how you get DMD, DMT, DMD, DMD. You get sorry. DM'd by a frog if you lick it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. I'd, I'd lick a lot of frogs. Oh god. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you lick one of its glands and it, well, one of its glands produces DMT and stuff, and which is like that. That that's always been a, quite a common known fact right the, that yeah. people lick frogs to get high it's a defense mechanism by the frog but it just yeah. makes us loopy so it's like <laughs> not very not very good yeah. i guess we're too high to eat the frog i guess yeah and it's crazy how how um how poisonous some frogs are right some of them can oh, literally beautiful. kill you if you touch them yeah the, the the tree frogs the dart frogs right yeah. they're like really cool colored ones yeah do you ever go to the natural history museum when you're a kid and like get obsessed with them because i used to do that i used to have like little rubber frogs from oh there. Yeah, yeah 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 i do remember that yeah yeah it's um yeah, the um, London Zoo had some cute ones as well. Oh, so just, just their colours are amazing as well. You're not supposed to pick frogs up because the acids on your skin can actually uh, dry them out and damage them. Yeah. And it can kill them, actually. So if you see a frog, make sure your hands are clean if you have to pick it up. Just yeah. fun fact of the day. Not that cool. fun, but it's a fact. Yeah, it's, uh, I hope you get frogs in your garden at some Me point. Me too. Yeah, that'd be great. I saved a frog once. Yeah. I was running and it was in the middle of the road and I picked it up and it screamed and it was so sad. <laughs> it was like, wee! 
<laughs> Frog screaming is so uh, adorable. Uh, it's like the what the clip of the one that's picked up and yeah. then dropped into the water and it's like <laughs> amazing. I love the one that's just screaming and it's like a little death metal, a tiny little death metal vocalist, and it's like yeah. wheezing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so cute. Sorry, guys. Um, for all those listening. A bit of a frog tangent there. We just love frogs. We can't help it. But um, Back to this album. So many good tracks. I really like the track Into the Vortex because once again, it started off with something a bit different, like almost slightly techy, like noodling sort of riff. Yeah. Um, which actually really did conjure up that feeling of being you know, sucked into a spiraling vortex. Um, and yeah, just a good balance of clean singing and growls and then just some great grooves and some good drum work as well. I don't know if it's... I don't think it's a drum machine or drum programs it sounds like an actual that would make sense yeah electric drum kit but it's well produced it sounds good and it's it's tight you know so so many times in one man bands or one frog bands i should say (laughs) um you know you can you one one aspect of the instrumentation will suffer yeah like you hear in a lot of a lot of one man black metal bands for example like the drums are just fucking dog shit <laughs> like jesus like that like fucking typewriter double bass and just fucking just but yeah i mean this sounds good like it sounds organic it's well produced and it's obvious that that, that that there's a lot of care put into this project and it's not the silly side project it may have started off with i mean it's still an element of humor and silliness to it but at the same time you know it's got no pun intended, legs, frog legs, <laughs> which I've never eaten and I will refuse to eat to the Same. end of my days. I could never eat a frog. They're too no. cute. Yeah. No. Oh, they're beautiful. I know some frogs can explode. Like, I think if they get too dry, they, they swell and they, they explode. And it's so God sad. damn. Yeah. 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 Oh God, that's, oh, I'm getting teary thinking of frogs exploding. <laughs> like, it's definitely not normal. Um, but yeah, like. Uh, when, you, when you said that, it was just like some frogs can explode. I'm just thinking, well, everything can explode. Surely, if you, if you try hard enough. But, but meant, okay, naturally. Okay. <laughs> naturally, natural explosions. There was like some some dumb like um, medical TV series. I don't remember which ER or something. And like there was an episode where a guy like was like, I'm going to catch fire. I'm going to catch fire. And then he fucking catches fire. But everyone's like, oh, we don't believe you. You're just crazy. And he just like catches fire. And it Jesus. was like a really serious, normal TV show. Yeah, I think it uh, like, and I was like, wait, is this fantasy? Like, is this like a Stargate style like ER show? But no, like apparently people just fucking can catch fire. It's yeah. There's some. I don't think it's ever been caught on camera or. But there's. God damn, yeah. But I watched them. Um, I, I went through phases where I've just trolled like, um, like spooky YouTube channels talking about like uh, paranormal shit, and I watched one about spontaneous combustion once, and there's a few pictures of like alleged sites of people the aftermath of someone that's spontaneously combusted and there's some like loads of like charred and scorch marks around it and it's thinking well where the fuck did that come from yeah but there's no evidence real evidence you don't know if it was staged or whether or not it's a legit thing but apparently it's a legit thing apparently there's some cases of it documented somewhere in the annals of history fucking hell the yeah. the creepiest kind of similar thing I can't remember I think there were like scorch marks or something is the lead mask case have you ever heard of that oh, it's ringing a bell but it's not I can't remember I might Google, it's generally like one of the fucking creepiest things I've ever read um, there were like it was in Mexico I think or Brazil uh, yeah. um, oh. no it wasn't a couple so um, it was a series of events that led to the death of two Brazilian electric technicians and this was in 1966 and they found their bodies. Um, in the same year, and no one, they've just not been able to work out how they died. Um, this is ringing the bell. I think I think think this was covered in one of those 
spooky videos once. Yeah, it's so it's honestly so cool. So basically, like they found their bodies next to each other, partly covered with grass, and each one wore a formal suit and a mask made of lead. Yeah. Like a lead eye mask and a waterproof coat. And there were no signs of trauma, no signs of struggle. Um, and next to the corpses were like a packet containing two wet towels and an empty water bottle and a small notebook. And this is where it gets creepy on which were written the cryptic instructions 430. And I will translate be at the specified location 630 ingest capsules after the effect protect metals await signal mask. <laughs> sounds like a good time it's like a sleep song yeah. it literally sounds like Alcis Neuro's lyrics like maybe he traveled back in time played them a gig and they exploded or something <laughs> but yeah like they didn't find any toxic substances inside their body they did there were like no obvious injuries they just died and apparently um apparently like a waitress was interviewed and described one of them as very nervous and he was frequently checking his watch on the day that they disappeared um and that was the last time that was seen alive god damn yeah it's just uh, mental. Yeah, apparently, um, there's like a lot of UFO theories about it. And there always is, isn't there? Yeah, I mean, it feels super alieny, to be fair. But apparently, they were attempting to contract, contract, contra- contract aliens. Apparently, there were scientific spiritualists, and they were trying to contact um, extraterrestrials or spirits using drugs, um, believing that they would that an encounter would be accompanied by blinding light, hence the masks. Yeah. Um, to shield their eyes, but probably they they died of drug overdoses. But it doesn't seem to be any any evidence of drugs in the system. Yeah, but that's wild. It's pretty cool. Um, and if you if you ever are bored and you Google what the masks look like, they're fucking terrifying. Yeah, that's, I love shit like that. I just find it so. Where's that museum again? That's got loads of weird odd shit into it. Um, in, in, into oh, it, the Hunterian. Yeah. Oh God, yeah. I, I think they'll, they'll be opening in like uh, two years because they had to close to refurbish. But the Hunterian is sick. Yeah. Yeah, there were these two 18th century brothers that like to collect weird ass shit, including human skeletons and like babies in jars and things like that. There's a wall of dicks. It's a God. wall of, of disembodied disem, disem dicks. Disemboweled, disen, castrated, disemphalist. Yeah. Disemphalist. <laughs> that sounds like a dumb death metal band. <laughs> we are disemphalist. Oh, it's the. Um... <laughs> oh, <stick> metal. <laughs> um, anyway. So we are disemphalist, and this song's about conflicts in the Middle East. <laughs> <laughs> All proceeds donated to charity. That, that was a bit of shade thrown at Dying Fetus, who I love, by the way. But like, um, uh, you got to love a band that started off as a gore band and then decided to be serious about politics halfway through their career. God bless. But um, do you think? I was thinking. Um, do you think in the future, when we are long wiped off from the earth in all our all the information on the internet is still accessible via some cloud network? some future race will come to the planet and find a Frog Lord music video yeah. and think, what the fuck oh, they'll think is this, this planet all about? Yeah, they're <laughs> like, oh, they're, they're so culturally complex. They worship frogs <laughs> and they were protected from other extraterrestrial beings by amphibians and, you know, the manphibium and the amphibium and the, the metal or whatever. They, they express their worship through the... The medium of one-man metal bands who disguise themselves as frogs, yeah. which is really fascinating. I love thinking about that. Whenever I put a tweet out there, I'm like, is some alien going to like sh- throw shade at me in like three million years' yeah. time? Being like, what a pathetic, <laughs> like, what a pathetic tweet. 
or is this tweet going to be like the Voynich manuscript <laughs> in like 5,000 years or something? What is the meaning of the word based? <laughs> I feel like that's what my stories are going to be like. So I'm going to unearth all my Instagram stories. But like, what the fuck is going on here? What is this Mimi? <laughs> well, why, why do they do this strange thing? What's Bugs Bunny all about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How strange is human human culture? How from a series of, of strange events in hundreds of years, we've come to this very point in the intersection of culture, species, man, evolution, and and things that we express. Yes. Yes. Very well put. Thank you. Well, I think that just about wraps it up, right? Oh, there was the... Um, oh, I did oh. want to cover quickly. Oh, the, yes. Um, Go for it. The news, that, um, which which tickled me anyway, that there's, there was a woman somewhere in the States, right? Who named, it was New Zealand. Was it New Zealand? Perhaps, yeah, oh, it was New Zealand. Zealand. Well, that, that, that's my fucking first. researcher credibility, doesn't it? <laughs> Christ. Slopes get on this. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But um, she named her three children, Pantera, Slayer, Slayer. and Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the terror in your eyes. So you saw the pan terror in my eyes. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. That's uh, do like you know what? I almost, I almost fucking said Megadeth in that sense. I had to pull myself back. I was like, no, oh, no, it wasn't Megadeth. It wasn't Megadeth. Oh, she should have called it called it Megadeth and not fucking Pantera because then you'd have almost the big four, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, if you had to name, if you hypothetically had a child and you had to name them a band, then what name would you give them? Oh man, I'd go for like Sperm Swamp, uh, Elephant <laughs> Fuck, and <laughs> I'm joking. I wouldn't. I just want like the worst band names I could. Mummy, why am I called Artificial Brain? <laughs> well, well, son. <laughs> well, like, I mean, I've, 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 for some reason, my Instagram reel is filled with uh, loads of gym memes, and there's that one where it's like. <laughs> for some um, reason. <laughs> <laughs> Reasons unknown. I, I can't help it. I, if I see a seven-year-old, one-legged kid, um, fucking cleaning, cl- fucking cleaning, jerking more than what I deadlift. <laughs> then I'm going to click on it, so I'm afraid. So that's why my feed... That was a very convoluted way of explaining. (laughs) But anyway, my point is, it's like no matter how much you can lift, there's always going to be a child on Instagram that can lift double what you can. It's like rule 35. Yeah. Yeah. And... um, But no, yeah, but it was like that meme where it's just like, oh, it's just like, um, oh, mum, why am I, oh, oh, fuck it. I'll I'll show it to you afterwards. I know the meme you mean. It's like, mum, why am I called blah? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Why is my sister called Rose? Oh, your mother likes roses. It's basically, yeah, a play on that joke, yeah. Uh, Yeah, and then you're like, oh, that's okay, bolt thrower. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) That's exactly what I was trying to get at. But just lacked the uh, grammatical and the command of the English language. (laughs) I can't even say that. It's it's, (laughs) <laughs> so I couldn't that say like creak. English and linguistic at the same time, so Englistical. Oh god, it's incredibly warm in this room at the moment. I am sweating my yeah, tits my brain off. is melting. Yeah, artificial no. melting brain. Yeah, um, nice. What would you name your metal children? Yeah, Opeth kind of works. I wouldn't do it, but I mean, if I had to pick a name, I'd pick one that would be less likely to get them into shit when they were older. I would not call my children hand on heart anything that's like banned or or like like you know Harry Potter related or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's like the um, oh, who was it? I, I think there was a spike in parents naming their child Daenerys 
after Game That's of Thrones. That's very unfortunate. I wonder yeah. how many deed polled it after they saw the uh, finale. <laughs> yeah. Or Khaleesi as well. I think someone, I think. That's so funny. That's another one. But, yeah. G Warrior. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. call them G. G Warrior. I don't know. I like the name Warrior. I knew someone called Viking. That was a cool name. And they weren't European, so that made it cooler. Yeah, well, Ultimate Warrior, the wrestler, legally changed his name to Warrior to protect the intellectual property of the name. Clever. Because Vince McMahon owns the name Ultimate Warrior, so he was just like, well, no, that's my fucking name. So that's now my legal name. Everyone call me Warrior from now on. I love that. Yeah. Call me Warrior. What a flex. Yeah, he was a dick, though. Oh, it's a shame. Uh, it was a dick prick. Warrior. Yeah. No. Yeah, well, I, I think really massively homophobic, I think. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Um, but yeah. the, he was doing loads of weird shit, but basically he made amends with WWE and went on done this emotional promo with the fans again and then died the next day of a heart attack. The next Whoa. day. Yeah, or next day or two days later, but very soon after what, his appearance. Do you think that's because he was, like, working out harder or doing tea or something? I mean, if you've seen pictures of the Ultimate Warrior, you know that that man was juicing. I mean, yeah. he was definitely on the juice. And, um, and yeah, and uh, sadly, it's, it's, it's an all-too-common fate for a lot of professional wrestlers where um, just yeah. the mix of painkillers, somas, uh, coke, steroids, it just creates this concoct concoction that ultimately concoction concoction that um, ultimately just fucking fails the heart in the end that's so sad yeah yeah you know why do they call it juicing because whenever they say that it reminds me of like a really nice freshly juiced like milkshake or protein shake after you work out and that sounds great i like that idea yeah i don't know i don't know like the the etymology behind that phrase i'm but, fascinated by it. I want yeah, to i'll look it up because yeah. i've got an idea Juicing, there you go. Yeah. Well, they don't go. So uh, the Frog Lord's great. Uh, Linguignot is great and voices are great. Yeah, so the, the future of music is looking bright. Indeed, and Slayer, Metallica, and the other guy. Uh, Pantera. Ah, Pan oh, fuck that. Uh, I'm, I feel really bad for that kid. Yeah. Being called Pantera. I mean, damn, just cancelled before you're even born. It just sucks. I'm so sorry, Pantera. But the thing is, the great thing is, you just get to an age where you could just change it yourself anyway, right? I should so, hope so. I really wanted to be called Scorpius when I was young. That's such a cool name. Yeah, I was just like, I oh. fancied Scorpius and Farscape, though. So That's what inspired weird. it. Oh, it was so Scorpius. Cool. I was like, damn, that name's cool. Scorpius like, was so badass. Yeah, and I was thinking, it's better than Scorpion from, as in Scorpion from Mortal Kombat, or Scorpion the animal, the Scorpion. Or the Scorpion or the, King. Or Scorpions the band. Oh. Yeah. Or El but, Scorpio from Simpsons, the flamethrower. I don't know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hank Scorpio, right? Hank Scorpio. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Scorpius is a fucking sick name. Yeah, but I just thought it just sounded so cool. You I can name, like, your firstborn son Scorpius, perhaps. Maybe. That'd be a, a cool I'm, I'm not sure if I'll convince uh, Amy on that one, but uh, I'll try. <laughs> Maybe we'll, like, start a petition or something. <laughs> yeah, if this yeah. petition gets to 100,000 signatures... <laughs> like... Yeah, sorry, it's, it's mandated by government that it has to be named. <laughs> it's going to go through Parliament, and Jacob yeah. Rees-Mogg will be like, yeah, sure. God, Jason, Jacob Reese Frog. Like, <laughs> Jason Reese Frog. I can't even say his first name. <laughs> he doesn't sake. deserve his name to ever be said. <laughs> it's one of those of days. It's just one of those days. Just one of those days. Should we Should we go off and melt into the yeah, sunset? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> We're dying. Thank you so much for listening. I hope we uh, we were somewhat coherent. Feel feel free to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time. Yeah.